This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am True Man Ken Tripp. I'm Haley Stoddart. Uh, nice to meet you, True Man Kendrip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's time for us to catch up. We have not recorded for a while now together. Uh, you and I have both been traveling um, recently, which has been really fun and exciting. Um, I've been conventioning. Mm-hmm. We'll call that a word. Um, there's been old movies that have been on the big screen. Uh, we've gotten letters. There's just been a lot going on in our world. So uh, we're here to kind of discuss stuff, right? That's right. It's time to catch up. And uh, it's it's a shame that Zach couldn't join us. But um, <clears throat> I think he's building an ark in Houston as we speak right now with the, <laughs> yeah. the bad weather there. To our friends in Houston, please stay safe. It's... Uh, it's one of those underreported things that the city's getting a lot of flooding from the tropical storm down there, but uh, he sounds like he's okay, thankfully. And yeah, it, it has been busy. I mean, you've been Salt Lake City fanexing. I couldn't make it. I was in China. And, um, and yeah, all, all kinds of good stuff. But um, one thing I just wanted to put out real quick uh, on a kind of a, a, a somewhat serious note, I know that... Um, you know, our good friends Bill and Dan over in Trek Geeks, they, they do a lot of great things, and I, I, I know you're, you're a big part of them as well as well as an um, admin for, their, for, their, for Camp Kittimer and all of that. And so, you know, I've always been a big fan. I think we've both been on the show a few times or whatnot, but I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, I, I, I was listening to their episode this week, episode 191, What I've Learned from Saru, and um, Wow. Uh, that's all I can say, Haley. It was one of the most powerful, emotional, um, I would say, podcasts, broadcasts I'd ever listened to. And I give Bill, I give big shout out to Bill for, for the courage that he had to talk about the things that he went through as a kid. And I, I'm, I'm not here to spoil it. I think that it's just one of those things that, that you have to listen to for yourselves. But very, very emotional, very, very powerful and, um, you know, it, it opens your eyes to what a lot of other people may have been going through and what they've gone through. And uh, it took a lot of guts to, to do that broadcast. And um, 
in, in no way, shape, or form am I trying to be condescending when I say I'm really proud of those guys. Um, both of them, and Dan as well, has spoken in the past about some events in his life. I, um, you know, to put that all out there on the air, I think, uh, says, says a lot about them and their character. And um, just, just uh, want to send uh, my, my, my heartfelt uh, appreciation uh, for, for what they're doing over there. And, uh, geez, I really love those guys. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to put it. I really do. So if you can, I'd strongly advise um, listening to that episode. Again, uh, Trek Geeks 191, what I've learned from Saru. It, um, it's, it's very powerful. It is. And I think it's incredible when, you know, when people are comfortable enough to share that, but also do it on a way to say to other people in the community that, you know, some of the situations that they've been in, Mm -hmm. they're not alone in that. Um, And I think that it's really powerful and, and sometimes helpful in a healing process for the person to share what they've gone through. Um, You know, I've, I've been there to personally witness some of of Dan's story mm-hmm. and and I still cry and well up when I think about about what happened and and everything um, and I'm grateful that both of them are here um, because I truly value their friendship it's it's been wonderful to get to know them over the years and um, they're pretty important in my my Trek family yes for me well said yeah very well said they are definitely good friends and um we uh yeah that's one thing i love about the whole trek podcasting thing is it's not competitive you know everybody's uh, very encouraging and wants everybody to be successful and it's it's not one podcast versus another or anything along those lines and everybody gets on everybody else's shows and you have a good time that's that's kind of a unique thing but uh you're right they are family and um and I'm, I'm really proud of, of where they've grown, too. I mean, that network's just taken off. So, um, yep. yeah, a, a, a lot of good things over there, a lot of powerful things. And, um, yeah, you said it best. So I'm going to stop now before I keep getting muddled up. Anyway, okay, so now we move on. We went to Fanex a couple weekends ago now at this point, which is really kind of sad that it goes by so fast. Um, and even more sad that they've decided to not do two a year now. They're just going to do one. So it's just going to be in September from now on. So there's no spring fanex to look forward to. Um, but it was really, really fun and exciting. There was a lot of Trek cosplayers walking around um, all three days. Yeah. And um, the first day, we, we did not make it, uh, sadly. We were at uh, John Reese Davies' panel, but uh, our good friend Larry Nemechek was there. I was very excited that he was there because I miss seeing him in uh, Vegas this year. But he had a panel on Thursday for the 40th anniversary of the motion picture. Did he now? He did, yeah. yeah. And he didn't, um, and he didn't call me. That's strange. I know. Uh, I'll talk to him later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know that Amy Nelson and Brandy Jackala also from the network they were also at fanex with us mm-hmm. and they went to that so if you want news on that please ask them because again i was watching john reese davies on stage so i see how you are <laughs> i know i'm sorry it was just it was exciting i, I get mean, it he's gimli I get it. you know I get it. hey you know when you get those opportunities you got to take them and he was really truly actually really quite incredible and wonderful to listen to so 
uh, listeners, if you ever see him coming to a convention near you, I pl- I highly recommend going um, if he's going to have a panel because he's quite inspirational. But uh, yeah, so there was that. Um, we had one of the few Star Trek panels that were there that weekend. I believe Larry did three mm-hmm. altogether. And uh so Zachary Fruling, Amy Nelson, Brandy Jackal, and I, we had our panel on Discovery. Well, not Discovery, but, oh, man, it's been a long week. Uh, on diversity in Star Trek. And it was actually really fun. Um, it was really good. We didn't get to talk about everything that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the discussion amongst us was really fun. We had some engagement with those who came and I think we had a bigger crowd than we did for our panel back in April so it was really nice to have to have that presence there um Larry did come towards the end so that was exciting um and he he listened in and said we did a really good job so well that's a nice compliment from him huh Dr. Trek I know well I I listened to it so if you it's um standard orbit 283 and I I apologize to those. That was my editing that tried to get that volume up, and I failed. So I guess Chris came to the rescue and fixed it. So I guess you can hear it better. The headphones I had, I could hear it. But I, I enjoyed listening to it. It was, um, I thought it was a refreshing panel. And um, But you know what it was? It was it was the talent. I thought all of you spoke very eloquently, um, very thoughtfully. I, you know, it really came off well. The, the four of you did a really nice job. Thank you. It was interesting. The initial uh, panel that we had proposed, the um, gentleman in charge of panels and programming, uh, he initially was okay with it and then decided that they wanted something else. And so Brandy actually had mentioned about doing a panel on the diversity in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have Brandy to thank for that idea. And it was really it was really fun it was nice to put together i enjoyed putting that together um all of us collaborated on everything so it was really nice i just wish we had more than 50 minutes because really you don't get the full hour um so that we could have gone more into it mm-hmm. uh we are hopefully going to try and return next september and do another panel so we'll let you know on that um so yeah Trek FM rules. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, good for you guys. Yeah. Good for you guys. It got some good notoriety of it too, so that's a that's a pretty cool thing, you know. Yeah, and then uh, I believe Larry, like I said, he had a couple other panels, and that was we were able to do one of them. Um, but we had just a fun time. It was nice, you know. I I did got autographs for people. Um, those of you who are getting them, I mailed them out today. Uh, we did some, had some really fun panels um, for ourselves that were enjoyable and photo ops that were fun. And um, it was nice. Kiefer Sutherland was there. And I've always liked him and his, and his father, Donald, um, and their acting. So it was nice to, to meet him. He's very soft-spoken. Mm-hmm and but very kind and that was that was fun and um my best friend had a photo op so i got to join her on that. oh very good very good <laughs> yeah it was exciting and then um my kiddo chloe she added more to her harry potter collection that is ever growing it's not as big as the star trek collection that i have behind me Uh-oh. but 
she, I had already planned on doing Matthew Lewis, plays Neville Longbottom for her, and we decided to do a Jason Isaacs for her, so she's got her Jason Isaacs. Oh, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's very nice. He is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's very nice to talk to, and so we went in, his, his panel was right before ours, so fortunately I couldn't stay for his entire panel, but he's just a hoot and a riot. <laughs> He is. He really is. He's got a. He's got a wonderful <laughs> sense of humor. He's got a very British mouth, <laughs> which I yes. like. Yes. Uh, you never know what's going to come out. But yeah, he is. He's. He's a. He's a cool guy. He's uh, very grounded. And uh, I thought, yeah. you know, I saw him in Las Vegas. That was the only time I'd ever seen him. But uh, made sure I got a picture with him. Uh, he's just. Uh, I. I always remembered his character from The Patriot. Just how awful uh-huh. that character was <laughs> leading the dragoons but um yeah he's 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 a wonderful talent and he's uh he's a pretty funny guy he adds a lot i yeah. wish he i wish they could find a way to bring him back very much so mm-hmm. well and listeners uh i will i will get on on zach to to edit this but uh we did get a bumper from him well let's go I know, right? All right. He Zach was saying, "Hey, let's let's ask him." And I'm like, "Well, if you want to, go for it." And uh and so, yeah, so we we asked him and he's like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "What do you want me to say?" <laughs> so, there you go. That's great. We're going to have one. That's I awesome. I know. And uh I think the other biggest thing was that uh Zach was a big Anne of Green Gables fan and Megan Follows was there. So, uh did some photos and selfies and autographs so that was that was pretty neat I remember watching that when I was a kid too so Mm -hmm. um that was that was a big thing my mom was kind of jealous because she loved that (laughs) that's great but um that was that was exciting stuff we got a lot of artwork a lot of Star Trek artwork um again if you're ever at a convention support the artists I know it's not something that CBS is and Star Trek is fine with they don't like it but there's some amazing artists out there doing some some incredible artwork yeah that's really original hmm. and why why is cbs and those folks against it because they can't sell they, it they can't get anything mm-hmm. off of it what yeah no. i see it's all that licensing stuff and i really wish you know it's it's almost the same as i was talking with one of the vendors that we bought a couple pieces from and it's kind of like, you know, we have these guidelines for the fan films now, which, yes, we all are angry about why and how that came about. <laughs> right. But it's almost as if if they would come out and say that fan art, you know, is fine as long as, you know, they don't include certain things. You know, I know the fan films, they can't say Star Trek, blah, 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 a fan film. They have to exclude, like, the Star Trek from it. But... I almost want to say, you know, if they came out with something that said, as long as you're within these things or you're not doing these things, Mm -hmm. then it's okay. Because then essentially, you know, they're giving okay to this because, you know, we know we've talked with, um, oh my gosh, now I can't think of his name, Lee, (laughs) and he got a cease and desist for his artwork because he was doing that Star Trek 365. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's just like, it's his own style. It doesn't look exactly like the stuff from the show, but right. he, he got that. And 
Um, I know that some places like Cafe Press can can sell things. You know, there are artists on there who can sell it, but you know, it's you know they're getting at least like they can only make like so much off of the stuff that they sell and so it's just it's kind of sad because there are really some amazing talented artists out there making original artwork and the fans from what i've you know seen Mm. a lot of fans really enjoy that that fan art and we want it just as much as we want the stuff that actually is mass produced which sometimes isn't that great of course um but you know that artwork is that one thing that's missing from being really produced you know you can find t-shirts and mugs Mm -hmm. and all sorts of like little knick-knacky collectible things but the artwork is the one thing that there just really isn't you can find photos but you can't find artwork like cbs doesn't produce artwork right you know they don't have somebody making here's some poster you know posters you know you can buy posters for the films but that's it and so it's that one thing that's just kind of missing you know honestly i had no idea uh that there was any problems with people you know creating artwork from well any media you know star trek style i don't name it you know i was i completely ignorant to that I, i would figure that um you know that's their own and um you know it's it's kind of like a public figure you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like you're just drawing a public figure you're drawing something that has been out there now for so long uh i wouldn't even think for a second that um they, they couldn't do it without having to pay a license fee or something like that so it's too bad yeah you see you know you see a lot of the artwork and stuff at like conventions but as far as like selling it online mm-mm, you'll they they immediately will get in trouble Hmm. And they'll 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 have people saying can't do that. No. So, yeah, hmm. it's kind of sad because yeah, it, it really, yeah. No idea, no idea. Well, I've learned something, um, but <laughs> I do agree with you. Support the artists. Uh, I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. jealous of the fact that people can can draw so well. You know, as I've said oh, many I times, I don't have any creativity, and I just love seeing what people can put together and. Um, you know, I know that people are listening to us, but I can see what you bought. And uh, you did post it on Facebook, and it, it really is cool, you know. And, yeah, you know. and and that's the thing. It's, it's really interesting with the mediums that they're able to do now, you know. I, I, these are on um, their poster that we got, but the, the booth that we got the art at also does um, on metal, and uh, has boards that they do it on as well. And so it's really incredible that, you know, they can do the glass and they can print on the metal now. And each one, it's the same art piece, but depending on what you get it on, the medium that you get it on, it looks just a little bit different. That's cool. And it's, you know, so it's in, it's amazing. And I agree. I wish I had half the talent that some of these people do. I draw <laughs> stick figures and smiley faces and that's it. And it's really, truly incredible. So yeah, definitely support support your local artists because their skills are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we want to encourage it. We really do. And that's not something you just want to see go away. And I know it's really hard. It's hard to, it's hard to make money. You know, very few mm-hmm. do. It's like being an actor or an actress, right? It's... Uh, you know, there's there's the ones that make the twenty million dollars per picture, and the other ones that are auditioning twenty seven times for a bit role. It's hard. Uh, same with artists. Yeah. You know, um, 
it's a very, very difficult medium to be successful and earn a living in, and you have all this creativity and talent, and you want them to be successful. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. So one thing I do want to mention, mm -hmm. or you can, I know you'll probably uh, like this, as well as some of our listeners who, who probably grew up at that time. We did have, <laughs> I know, I know, the Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman were also at Fanex. That's awesome. How, yeah. How's Lee holding up? Good. I actually got, uh, I stopped by and picked up a couple autographs for some people mm -hmm. from him and got to talk with him. Very nice gentleman. Is he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Lindsay, she's doing yep. well too? Yeah. Were they side yeah, they by had, side or uh, what? They, yep, they were. They were next to each other. Their tables were next to each other. They had uh, several photo ops uh, combined together as well as separate ones. And they both did um, a panel as well. Oh, did together, they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That yeah. would have been fun. That's very nostalgic. You know? I know. I thought it was just incredible. And that's one of the reasons Fanex is fun because the variety of of actors that they get to come is just really fun and different every single time it's great <laughs> yeah it sounds it it sounds it that's really cool yeah yeah we uh yeah, yeah i definitely did fun. grow up during that time as you say and uh watched them every i don't know remember what nights they were on i'm guessing either friday or saturday nights but that's that you know for for kids that was that was a pretty cool time you know my mom very much was I, I I wondered if my dad was is was big on Six Million Dollar Man, but apparently my mom was, and not my dad, <laughs> and she thought Lee Majors was quite a looker. I could imagine. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I mean, he married to Farrah Fawcett, mm -hmm. so you know they they were the power couple back in the seventies for a while, and yep. uh, yeah, I mean he was. Um, well, yeah, he's definitely leading man, and that's where um, our friend Harv Bennett did a lot of work. Uh, before he came, you know, he, he did a lot of work in TV before he came over to do Star Trek too. But yeah, a lot of connections there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty fun, and and like I said, it's it's very interesting collective that they get a lot of voice actors. Chloe was pretty excited, uh, as well as my best friend, because they had some of the actresses who did voice work for the English version of Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. Yep. My, my kids watched the original Japanese subtitled version, but uh, so that was kind of neat and just a good variety. Sounds it. Fun. Sounds yeah. it. Sounds like a very eclectic, fun uh, potpourri, which is kind of neat, right? It's, it's, I, I haven't been to one, out, you know, I haven't been to like something like a San Diego or Fanex or anything, uh, you know, just, just kind of the Star Trek ones, but um you know, even in Las Vegas, you do have the touches where maybe somebody might have been on the show for two minutes, but um, it was big in something else. So you'll see the mm -hmm. variety of actors a little bit. But that sounds like it was uh, like a pretty cool experience, Haley. It was. It was definitely fun. Excellent. So what else? What else do we have on our plates that we've been, you know, anything else? Well, speaking of that wonderful picture, the picture, the art picture that, that Haley got is of the refit enterprise mm -hmm. so let's see what happened recently <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah we've had our 40th anniversary for the motion picture which is your favorite film yeah uh did you go to a screening i didn't even look to see if we had one here uh sometimes we don't get those things out here in the gamma quadrant 
We did. I did. Yes, I, I saw it uh, last Sunday, and um, I, you know, to, to to tell a tale, you know, I was uh, I got back from China the day before, so I was exhausted. Um, but what was neat is I got to take my daughter and her boyfriend uh, and my stepdaughter, and we all went, and they were all excited to see it. Now. I'm doing my level best to promote this movie the best way I can, right? I'm telling them 40 years ago, practical effects, lots of money, most ever spent at that time. You know, it's incredible. But the movie's very cerebral. And they kind of cock their heads like cocker spaniels. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cerebral. Now, my daughter had seen it, my uh, bad. Mm -hmm. She had seen it, you know, on video, and she saw the director's cut, but it had been a long time. Uh, her boyfriend, no Star Trek, not a, he never really, really saw it at all, and, and nor did Tori. So it was fun, and I felt like I was the, the young, the young kid trying to sell this thing, like I've been trying to do for forty years, right? <laughs> that, that it's a lot better mm-hmm. than people give it credit for, and um, but I was, I was super excited to see it on the big screen again, and my reaction to it was mixed. Um, it's interesting. Uh, when we got into the theaters, one of those big theaters with the reclining seats and all that stuff, and um, it was fine. Really, really huge screen. Uh, and they did this little thing that the, I think that I'd seen it on one of the Blu-rays, you know, like uh, a little vignette where they had these little interviews and stuff about making the movie. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about the movie. You know, there's people there, too, anyway, of the four of us who had never seen it before. And they're talking all about the movie, the plot. And I'm like, no, stop. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, you're going to cut it out. out. <laughs> you know, I, I, was like, I didn't I, I, I didn't want the big reveal to be mm-hmm. let known. Um, fortunately, the volume didn't work. So there was no sound. Right. <laughs> so they're doing that. And then people are like, sound, yelling. You know, I mean, it was, oh, it was no. pretty funny. Um, so we, they caught the tail end of it anyway, and then, and then the movie started. But, you know, Haley, for me, it was, um, it was kind of a, a, a nice nostalgic moment to, to, to see the movie. But uh, on the big screen, as big as it was, the effects a lot of the times held up and a lot of times they didn't. And I was really surprised at that because they were so good. And um, in the director's edition, they look really good. And I think what it is, it's just, it's just the pure size and the clarity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the Klingon ships look like models, you know, but then the cloud, V'ger, all that stuff looks great. So it, it really kind of bounced back and forth. But to cut to the chase, it was it was a struggle because of my coming back from China and whatnot to, to keep my eyes open. And it would have been at that time in the afternoon anyway, no matter what I was doing. Uh, but I did. I, I managed and I was... I was watching out of the corner of my eye, you know, my uh, my daughter and Adam to see how they were reacting. And I could see that they were like giggling at certain things. And and so after the movie, I was like, so what did you think? I'm all excited, like a little kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we liked it. I said, are you just saying that, you know, because you're dating my daughter and you're trying to suck up to me? Or he's like, no, no, I, I really liked that. I said, well, then what were you guys laughing at? And they were like, well, the little astronauts. They look kind of funny. I went, the little ask, you know, the ones zooming around the space station and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that, that never really did come off that well. But uh, No, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but uh, so I got it. But uh, it was it was it was it was a great time. And um, like I said, it's it's one of those things where uh, you see it on the big screen after 40 years and just seeing it in a movie theater. That's a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, do I did I look at it through a little bit of a different lens because it was on that big screen and whatever kind of Blu-ray value it was or whatnot? I did. You know, there were parts where I was going, ooh, eh. Um, but for the most part, it was it was an enjoyable trip, and and I and I do believe the kids really did like it. I think hopefully it was set up, and I think they were surprised like I was the very first time I saw it how clever the whole thing was. Right? Because yeah. if you if having seen it a hundred times, it's one thing, but the first time, and you're like, what is this thing? What is going on with this thing? This living machine and its Voyager. It was it was a pretty pretty cool plot. Well, that's great. I was about to say, if you'd fallen asleep, how dare you, Ken? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't. I, but I was, I was fighting it. You know, the, uh, the music, the cloud scenes, all that stuff. Very comfortable chair. You're reclined. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it was a dangerous combination. But I had been waiting way too many years for this thing. So, no, I didn't fall well, asleep. Speaking of this, uh, we got a lovely email from Mike Richards. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read that. Okay. It says, Ken, Zach, and Haley, just wanted to let you know that I went to see Star Trek The Motion Picture with a group Wednesday night. The last time I saw it on the big screen was in 1979. Ken, I have to admit that when I heard you say that The Motion Picture was your favorite, I was a little surprised. But based on your recommendation, I revisited the movie and gained a new appreciation for it. I have watched it many times since on VHS, DVD, sorry Zach, no Laserdisc, <laughs> streaming it in HD, and finally the director's cut. Having said that, the movie held up incredibly well on the big screen. The color was phenomenal, the uniforms looked great, the sound quality was amazing, and I enjoyed every minute of it from the orchestra to the closing credits. This viewing of the movie made it clear to me that this is an incredibly sophisticated film which deserves to be revisited by every Star Trek fan. Thanks again for all you do with Standard Orbit. I'm looking forward to hearing your discussion on the 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Thank you so much for the email, Mike. We really appreciate it. We love when we get emails. Um, glad that you went and, and went and saw this and revisited it and have gained a better appreciation for it. Um, again, I didn't, I, I don't even know if we had it here. I didn't look and with all the traveling, I don't know if I would have been able to stay awake, but you know, Ken, it's interesting. I was talking with uh, a client today and we were discussing how their TV has recently decided to, to fritz and, and not make it anymore. And uh, I was mentioning about the TV that my parents had and how they had bought that when they got married in 1979 and when my daughter and I were living with them while I was back to school they still had that TV so it's a few years older than I am and I'm 36 now and this TV still worked it was wood sides it had the glass <laughs> that you would screw on in front of the actual TV screen uh -huh. had the buttons on the top. There was no actual remote for the TV. Yeah. And, you know, if you touched the screen, it made this weird noise. <laughs> if you actually touch the actual TV screen. And so it's interesting. I think, you know, taking that, you know, the sound quality was starting to go and it was a little fuzzy and, and watching TV because it still worked when we were living with them. And... You'd watch TV, but the aspect ratio that most television is shot in now, it 
made it all weird shaped on this old TV screen because, you know, it's rounded around the edges mm-hmm. and the corners. It's not square like TVs are now. And so it was kind of hard to watch shows sometimes because so much was cut off. Sure, sure. <laughs> you, you couldn't see it. And so I think the same with this, you know, you go and see this film that's 40 years old. And back then on the screens, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It looked great. But the technology and our screens that our movies are projected on now and the projectors themselves mm-hmm. have changed. Yeah. Most most theaters have digital projectors. They're not, you know, the film projectors anymore. Although, side note, uh, I worked at a movie theater in California. We did not have digital. And this was in 2003. Wow. But I think that's part of, A, part of the experience, but also it kind of sometimes you do have those moments where you're like, oh, this doesn't look good. But I think that's not it's not anything the film. It's just our screens are different now. And so you watch something like that that's meant to be on a screen back then where, you know, things aren't as noticeable yeah. as they are now. I, I think that's very astute and, and absolutely true. I, I, I do think that, the majority of the film held up beautifully. The Enterprise looked mm-hmm. great. Uh, the warp effect, phenomenal. I think Mike is absolutely right. I, I gain more appreciation for those uniforms the more I see them. Now, I'm not a big fan of just the one-piece, you know, pajama. No. Thing. It's <laughs> no. just way too revealing, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's almost like, what were you thinking? But they, the, their normal dress uniforms and the short sleeve shirts and stuff, they really looked good. They really did. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, it came off well, I thought. And the ship itself, like I said, the functionality and the bridge and all that stuff, they've never duplicated that um, yeah. at all, not, not even close. So, um, yeah. And, and the other thing I liked about it, too, is, uh, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people have the motionless picture, and I do get it, but... You know, all the quirky sounds and stuff, there was none of that on that bridge. You know, every time they pushed a button, it didn't make a boopy, bippy noise, you know. Mm -hmm. Just like every time you dial your phone or touch your iPad, it doesn't make a sound, you know. (laughs) It's just kind of funny that um, it just seemed very, very real to me. So those effects and that set still hold up, even though behind that set they were using literally, you know, movies were projecting those images mm-hmm. back there and just in a, in, in a circle. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. I will say, yeah. you know, if, if you're going to go in, into space, you might as well be comfy. Okay, yeah. Why would you – I mean, yes, there's a certain decorum that you want to – you know, I'm, I'm a former military spouse. I get the whole uniform thing. But at the same time, like, I'd rather also be comfortable too. <laughs> like, yeah. Not to the point where you look like a slob, obviously – but, you know, starched and stiff just doesn't sound good to me. Okay. I'd rather be comfortable. But, yes, I agree with you. The one piece, not so much. No, 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 not those. No. <laughs> just no. That's no. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's been neat. Uh, two years ago when uh, Richard Marquez got, got married, um, and Amy Nelson was there at the wedding, and we all had a great time together. But, uh, yeah, I think it was the day after their wedding, we went and saw Star Trek II on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, that held up pretty well, too. So it's, 
it's been kind of neat seeing these these movies again it i you know I, I was never really in range of like an alamo house or something that uh would periodically show an old picture or even think about going i think life's just busy it gets in the way i don't pay attention to it uh, but now I will because there's there's a lot of films out there that would be a lot of fun to to see on the big screen again. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. I think I think we did when they did released the Princess Bride. Mm. I believe our town we did get that. Um, we didn't go, but uh, you know there is that nostalgia factor of these '80s films coming back on the big screen, and it's nice because I missed them at that point. Um. So, you know, it's kind of reliving something that now I've just grown up with. My childhood is is these films. So I think it's sure. quite interesting. Yeah. No, it's it's all good stuff. And um, I'm, I'm glad that they... Uh, that would be one of the Star Trek films I would never have thought that they would have re-released. You know, mm-hmm. it, just, it, it just didn't do that well um, from a critical point of view. It did okay financially. And... Uh, but... You know, I think it's good. I think the more and more people that are getting into Star Trek well beyond and well after the TOS stuff, um, it's not a bad thing to go back and take a look at. And uh, ask the same question I do. With all the effects that they can do today, why can't they do that warp effect as well? (laughs) You know, but that's just one little thing. No big deal. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting that... I think there's enough of a love for that film and that's probably why they they did you know that I think people have grown to love it over the years such as Mike himself and again there's this whole nostalgia thing you know everything's getting rebooted now and we're gonna redo this film and we're gonna redo this TV show and and whatnot and on the one hand i think it's great and i love it but on the other hand there's some things that just they're great as they were and and redoing it doesn't add anything i know that companies want to make more money and they figure this was popular then and we'll just redo it again so i i think it's great that it had such a good release i've seen a lot of people on my twitter feed who went Mm -hmm. and were very excited to go there was people who ordered shirts with the poster so they you know to wear for the screenings and so i think it's really great that it had such a wonderful release for the anniversary yes i'm glad it went well and i saw a lot of the same things and um i'm part of the uh Facebook, uh, you know, motion picture appreciation society, they call ourselves, but it's, uh, it's pretty neat to see all the same, you know, at least I did find some people that think the same way I do. That's pretty rare. Um, kind of scary too, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is neat to see it. Although I did see a couple of people say they were the only ones in the theaters. Oh, okay. Uh, but that was, that was pretty rare, you know? So, uh, but I, I, I did, I would say that the theater I went to was, maybe half full it was a pretty good sized theater um Mm -hmm. nobody in costume or anything like that but i did see a few people with just star trek shirts and um yeah it's just fun you know you're among your peeps we we come together you know every so often (laughs) um and we bring the newbies in so it's good it's all good yeah well i'm glad that it was well received by uh by the boyfriend Uh, i do think he probably was trying to score some brownie points with you ken (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you think? 
I'll quiz him <laughs> on the movie, and then I'll know. And then if he gets any of it wrong or whatnot, then, then I'll know for sure. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, this one can stay around for now. For now. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That has not always been the case. But anyway, that's another show. <laughs> well, it's been kind of fun. Do you have any final thoughts, final questions? No, no, I think I'm good. Uh, I, I appreciate seeing you again. It's been a while. Glad we're going to be picking to kicking again to all of our listeners out there. We'll we'll have uh, some some more topic based shows and start getting back into it again. We appreciate your patience and and listening in the in the meantime. And I hope you enjoyed Haley's panel and our discussions here. But for me, it's just it's nice to see you again. It had been too long. I it has been way too long with with all the traveling and everything else. Life just kind of gets in the way sometimes. So. Ay. But it's been nice and it's been fun. And I'm really excited. Uh, as we've kind of discussed, um, I've been gathering more and finding more and rewatching other shows how much Star Trek pops up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that topic is coming, isn't it? It dun, is. Dun, and dun. I'm kind of excited about it. And we'll have to peruse, maybe hit the random button. Mm-hmm. She's been itching. Okay. Let's so. do it. <laughs> I will say it's really interesting. Um, I recently was discussing, uh, you know, Bichet and his his alternative factor love and and my appreciation for it. I got somebody on my Twitter feed to take a look back at that episode again mm-hmm. and and kind of determine whether it really is that bad. And he kind of saw the light a little bit. It was really nice to see that, you know, it's great you can say well maybe you should take a look at it and see it from maybe this different angle and i love that about the community i think that's something that's really appreciated and i value truly because with all the divisiveness everywhere else and yes we do have it in the community it's nice when you can say well i enjoy this episode and here's my reasons why to somebody who says i don't enjoy that episode but then for them to say i'm going to take a second look at it Mm -hmm. with this different perspective and go okay i I see your points it's still kind of but it's not as bad as they originally thought so that was kind of fun for me to uh this was based off of some discussions we had with um a gentleman down at fanex and i also shared why star trek 5 is not as bad of a film as most people think and he was also going to say i will watch he said i will rewatch that with these different ideas in mind and and why i kind of enjoy that film more than most people so i'm really kind of excited about hearing what he thinks about star trek 5. no that's neat <laughs> that's great i uh, you know i, I, I <laughs> when you started mentioning alternative factor again I was like, you know, you are aligning yourself with a guy who thinks Children of the Corn Six is the bee's knees. <laughs> and, um, you know, I <laughs> I didn't even know they made I, more of those. I don't agree on any of that. But again, I'm not a big horror movie person. So I don't, I've never seen any of those films. Well, d- But y- I will be with Bichet in the Lazarus camp. So Okay, just, just for the record, nobody in the United States has seen anything beyond Children of the Corn One, I'm sure. So anyway, <laughs> I, I just... Um, I just get a kick out of it. And I'm just teasing you, Bichet. It's all good. Well, anyway, so let's see. China, Salt Lake City, um, the motion picture, and 
getting diverse opinions from episodes and movies that may or may not have been the greatest isn't the only things we're talking about today on Trek FM. So here's some other shows around the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Earl Grey. Okay, that's excellent. And it'll be interesting to see how we interpreted the topic because I know I may have interpreted it uh, maybe a little differently than others did. We'll see. Is this another time travel thing? No, I was, I was going to say no time travel for me as long as Jellicoe doesn't come into this. Sure. Okay, that's, so we'll make okay. that deal then. Awesome. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Literary treks. And, you know, the, the stakes are, are really big. You know, we'll, we'll get there, but, you know, this Borg ship threatens Earth and all this kind of stuff. And it just feels like it, it's, it's a lot of really comic booky, over-the-top stuff that doesn't quite fit right with the novel that came before it and the novel that came after it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Primitive Culture, a look at history and culture through Star Trek. And Next Gen Arriving was was this sort of, wow, wow, this is looks incredible. I know when we look at sort of first season Next Gen now, what we're going is, wow, this is really slow and stagey. But in fact, it was, it was incredible. It was absolutely um, game-changing. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Only because I was watching little bits of Emissary recently is that he would see himself wearing that awful purple swimsuit and think, oh God, I can't wear that. <laughs> oh my every, gosh. Every time I see it, I'm like, whoa, I'm really glad I'm not wearing 24th century clothing. <laughs> if you wanted me to murder an entire society, fine. <laughs> but I'm not wearing that bathing suit. Too revealing. Oh. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's funny. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, you can get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type The Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm.com and click Discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credit, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, 
Corey Elrod, Dan Rhodes, and Mike Richards. Your contributions and support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time, or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO. You can find me on Twitter at Trekkie01D. You can also hear me talking about both Discovery and the Orville over on the Fandom Podcast Network's Discoville podcast that drops every week. So thanks for listening and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit. <laughs>